You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to The Kelly Show. This is part one of two episodes with my incredible friend, Katie Calder. So Katie Calder is the queen of human design. I absolutely adore her. She is in my sisterhood circle that I talk about on the show all the time. She is just such a profound, profound person. And I absolutely adore everything that she's about. And we, oh my God, did we go down the rabbit hole? We recorded for like two and a half hours. So we had to make this two episodes, which I am not mad about because I want her in this feed all of the time. Um, Katie is such an expander for me. And I tell her this all the time. I think I even said it in the episode, but when I look into her eyes, she takes me to another dimension. Like she is the portal through which I travel to gain access to more connection, divinity, spirituality. She is a teacher, a friend, a mentor, um, someone I have leaned on heavily over the last year through difficult times and questioning my spiritual practice and what the fuck even it is. So, um, she has just been so radically beautiful and present in my life. And so I'm so thrilled to share her with you. Katie teaches about things I don't understand. And that is why I love her because she makes it very digestible and she really meets people where they are. And we talk about activating codes and how everything finally makes sense in all of this 2020 experience and the Aquarian age and moving out of the Piscean age. I see an, I see an age. She says it right. I probably don't. Um, this is her, uh, this is her flow, not mine, (laughs) but we get into all of that about the things that we learned, all of the lessons. Um, part two coming out soon will be the human design reading she did for this manifester over here and everything she knows about manifestors. It is so fucking rad. So I can't wait for you to hear that episode, but this is going to take you somewhere else because Katie is magical and so special and so gifted. And I can't wait for more of the world to get to know her. And if you have any desire to learn more about human design, your human design, I highly recommend working with Katie. Um, I have never met someone like her. She is going to blow the fuck up. So get on her schedule ASAP. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) All right. Here is the incredible Katie Calder. I was thinking that earlier too. I was like, of course we're recording on 1221 when I don't even know what's going on. You're going to explain that to me, but <laughs> I mean, how many times have we tried to do this three or four times? We, we've <laughs> more than that. I think we've rescheduled potentially eight times mm. since April. Kelly and I wow. have been <laughs> like the first time I think we tried to record after rescheduling four times, Zoom wouldn't work. Oh yeah. And we tried for like an hour and we were like, okay, it's not meant to be. And then we literally rescheduled over the past probably eight months, probably eight times at least. I believe it. This is the only, you're the only person I've ever done that with, which is so funny. And I wasn't even, you know, like sometimes when you have to reschedule things and you get really bothered and you're like, God damn it. I just felt like, and you kept saying it too. You're like divine timing. This conversation's going to happen when it's meant to. And then here we are today. And it was meant to be at a time when we were both 100% aligned. So when you were the other day, like, we need to do it on 1221, it was, of course, that's why, that's literally why. And it, it, I could not agree more. This has been the most interesting uh, reschedule 
of all time. <laughs> Yet every single time it's like, oh yeah. It's not even like by we talk about spiritual bypass, right? Or things like that. And it was just totally like, eh, clearly it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how to describe what you've been going through. A massive shifting, awakening, releasing, growth, mm-hmm. up-leveling, self-awareness, seeing yourself fully. I mean, those are the ways I would describe what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been you know, all over the country in doing that in different spaces. So I would love to hear more in depth about what this 2020 experience has been for you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, and I know you've been going through kind of the same thing in different ways, right? The, the craziest, I think knowing of exactly why I came here has happened this year. And so just to preface that the past probably three to four years, I don't think I was too spiritual before that, but there was a series of rock bottoms of synchronistic events that kind of really, really put me onto this spiritual path and this path that I could have never, uh, I think consciously chose. Right. And within that path, it's been lots of like ego deaths, lots of deaths of who I thought I was, of how I thought navigating the world correctly was. And when 2020 hit, uh, I've been really into astrology and a number of different systems just to better understand the world, to better understand what happens. And they've, they've kind of fallen to my lap in ways that are just, they make sense. And so I've been looking at the astrology really intensely, probably for the past three years, I'd say. And in 2018, on January 1st of 2018, I was free writing, kind of like just writing out my things, having whatever flow through flow through. And it said, 28, 2019, this was sorry, January 1st, 2019 said, 2019 has already happened. It's just 2018 with awareness. It's all preparing you for 2020. And so I wrote that and this was January 1st, 2019. I'm like, this is going to be the year. And then I get this, this thing that's like, this is the same year over again. And I know for, I'm, I'm not sure for you, but I'm sure that 2018 was probably a massive year. Cause I think anyone who's chosen to go down one of these paths, the past three, four years have been wild. Mm-hmm. And have been just a series of stepping in deeper and deeper and deeper. And so I was kind of annoyed. But then, of course, 2019 kind of was the same cycles as 2018, just with awareness of, hello, old friend, I've seen you before. And so now I know how to traverse you better. And um, and that happened. And then at the end of 2019, I think it was in December, I was looking into the astrology of 2020. And I saw these massive eclipses that were happening. And I saw this crazy stuff. And just from listening to people who've been in the field for way, way longer than I have, it was like, whoa, there's going to be something crazy happening. There's going to be something crazy happening in March, but really it's all getting us ready. The breakdown is getting us ready for the end of the year for December and for in particular today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so within that, um, as I entered this year, I was like, okay, I feel it. I feel the shift. I feel that things are happening and I don't know why things aren't falling into place. I was living in Chicago. I knew that my goal was to get out of Chicago by March, leave my job, all of these things. And it just, it's still the messages that I were getting were still stay, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. And I was so frustrated. I was like, why not yet? I don't want to be here anymore. And then COVID hit and then everything hit. And then I was like, oh, 
I'm so guided. I'm so protected. And I don't want to underestimate like what this year has done for so many, for everyone, right? This has been a year that has really been a choice point for so many of how are you going to respond? But this year and particularly March kind of brought to light all of the reasons and such a knowing of why I came exactly for this time. And so in a lot of ways and, and with staying like compassionate and empathetic to everyone's experience, like this has been the year that has made more sense than any other year. And oh my yeah. God, wait, can you just stop there? <laughs> yes, please. That hit me so hard. Mm. The year that has made the most sense. Wow. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I've never said it that way, but I feel that it's like the duality of, oh my God, everything's on fire and oh my God, I get it now. Mm-hmm. So why did this make the most sense for you? Sorry to interrupt you, but that was very powerful. No, <laughs> no. Thank you for interrupting. And please any, cause I know you've been seeing the same things and you use it in a different voice that meets everyone it's meant to. Right. But this year they say 2020, like clear vision. Right. And I think that's going to be even more clear in the next two years, in the next seven years for many, but it was almost like a just spontaneous, Oh, this is why life hasn't made sense before. Because in, in so many ways, like a lot of the breaking down hasn't really happened in a, and that's a weird thing to say in a year that so much quote unquote change has happened, but it, it really hasn't. It's more like the, um, the crevice of where we're going and of what needs to collapse in order to have a more equitable world, a world that is ultimately probably what we all want. But with that, sometimes the breakdown is a little bit painful, um, just on a societal level, because structures that no longer are meant to be will have to fall, but also things that are beneath the surface have to fall. And so what, what happened around March and kind of was a catalyst from the past couple years of preparation for, I don't know what, but then it turned out, oh, this is exactly why this series of events the past four years happened. And it was like, everything became so clear and the matrix became so clear as to what was real and what was false. Not to say that I have an authority on truth or anyone does, but there was just an understanding of, oh, this is why life has either felt hard or why I felt like, what is the meaning of all this? And like, why are we doing these things? And the pause I created allowed for soul family like us to reconnect, right? Allowed for in a year of, um, I told myself in the beginning of the year, this is the year I was going to be nomadic. Mm-hmm. And when March hits, it's like, well, this is the hardest year to be nomadic. And I kind of was like, yes, yeah, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And uh, I was called to very specific places for reasons I didn't really know. And it turned out it was for reasons to quite literally activate codes in my body in order to anchor anchor frequencies, which for many of you who are listening, you're probably like, okay, I've lost you. Katie's off in la la land. But uh, you know, at this stage, I'm kind of like, it doesn't really matter what you think. Um, 
but went was called to places for no clear reason other than I'm called to this place and there's something here for me, which then catapulted a number of other interesting events and things and awakenings and connections. And now we're here and now I'm like, all right, it's time to get started. So, oh my God, (laughs) how much time do you have? Okay. First of all, I would just like to preface this with Katie and I just met this year and in this life, and you are one of the most magical, transformative people I've ever been around. And the only other people I would put like on that plane with you are in our sisterhood circle, (laughs) which is fucking amazing. Um, but I've told you this before in our circle, but I want to share it here is when I look into your eyes, you take me somewhere else. When Mm. I look into your eyes, I feel like I have access to places and knowledge and awareness that I never knew before. And there is a, there is an ethereal aspect to you where I feel like you are floating and you are anchoring many of us into our, into the universe, into, um, a space where we feel divinely connected, but you also have this groundedness and this open connection to keep us held here. And so there's this like amazing meeting point between earth and universe. And I feel like you anchor us into both. And I know that you are not of this world. (laughs) There's no question. Um, I was posting on Instagram before we started recording. I'm like my alien sister. Cause that's who you are. Like I truly feel that. So all that being said, everyone should know I have learned so much from you this year. I continue to feel that. And even when I feel like you're talking over my head and I'm like, Oh my God, I have no idea what she's saying. You say it in a way that I also can understand and you meet people where they are. And I think that's the beautiful thing about what you offer. And we'll get into all the work that you do and the way you serve, but there's no judgment. There's no, like, I know more than you, which I think we run across a lot in the spiritual space. There's just like, this is what I'm getting and how can I help you? And how can I share this with you? Which I think is remarkable. So I just wanted to say that because I I love you so much and I've learned so much from you and I'm so excited to share all of your wisdom with my community. Um, But I want to go back to like what 2020 has been because people like you I can't say someone like me. I had no fucking clue this was coming. I don't do astrology. I was not connected in that way. I was totally blindsided. (laughs) So people like you who had somewhere with all that, like shit's going down in whatever way, like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it? In a very small snip of like what it is and what today is in particular. So we're recording on 12, 21, 2020, it is known as the grand conjunction or the great conjunction. And it's also the winter solstice. It's the shortest day of the year. And what's basically happened is the planets Jupiter and Saturn have stepped into the sign of Aquarius side by side and ushering us fully into the Aquarian age. And we've been kind of getting ready for the Aquarian age or since the year 2000, really since the year 2012. Um, And then for the past four years, it's been an amplification. And so what does this mean, the Aquarian age? Well, for the past 2000 years, we've been in 
the age of Pisces or the Piscean age, really for like 2,500 years. And the Piscean age was all about the individual. It was all about the rise of work in structures. It was a lot about patriarchal structures in general. It was about building things. It was me against the world. And what's happened is we're moving now into a time that's from me to we in a time that has less emphasis on the individual, more on the collective, in a time of air, which is about higher thought, about higher learning, about communication. And more than that, in a time where structures that create separation are no longer going to hold. We're also entering a time where people realize and have been realizing that we are not alone in this universe, that the physical 3D plane is not the only thing that's seen, that energy is real, energy work. We're moving into a time where the current fiat monetary system is no longer going to be able to hold because um, capitalist, capitalistic structures are not conducive to where we're moving. They um, put the interests of a few as superior to the interests of the whole. Uh, the way that our governments operate and corruption within those and, and really what's been going on undercover for eons is going to be revealed. And basically all of these structures fall so that we can move into actually what's a more harmonious world. We can see differences in the education system. We're going to see the medical system shifting into what you've been practicing and knowing for years, alternative, more holistic um, forms of medicine that are not just going to the symptom, but are actually going to the root. And so within that, right, this is what we're moving into. And this is what we are in, like officially full on as of today. And within that, people are going to have spontaneous awakenings. People are going to all of a sudden see what so many of us have been seeing over the past couple of years, and especially this year. And again, there's no hierarchy of like, I see more, you don't. It's not about that. It's like you always get the information and have insight or, or get what you need in the time that you need it. Because if information is brought to you in a time that you're not going to receive it or that it's not going to fit well, there's no point. But we're going to see, I think in particular over the next, I'm going to say a couple of weeks, but really in the next six months, um, massive understandings of just where we are um, and what we've been shown and projected to by society and where the two are no longer fitting. And then even more from that part of um, your beautiful introduction that you said uh, a few minutes ago is, is super, super connected to why we are where we are now. And you were reflecting on some things that you saw in me. And I don't think I've ever told, I've definitely never talked about this on a podcast, but my, the beginning of my spiritual journey happened through, um, through sight. And through seeing interdimensionally and through seeing interdimensionally through my eyes and through looking at me in the mirror. And a number of events happened. The fact that we restarted recording on at 222, that was my first sign that started showing up over and over and over again. That had deep connections to Atlantis that somehow connected me to this shaman that said I was on this journey that I was like, huh, I feel like I was on the journey. I don't know what that means, right? Like you said, I don't know what any of this means. Then caused me to get like a different meditations, do this kind of training thing, 
all this stuff, a series of, of things that put me on this path, but all were catalyzed through um, listening to this one shaman talk about shape-shifting, talk about faces shape-shifting, talk about the ability to see energy and th- see through realms in which I was looking in the mirror at my face and I saw everything shift and dissolve and all these different things. And I had to sit down and hold a plant and ground and, and think I wasn't going crazy. Mm. And this started happening more and more. And so what happens is we all have this ability, right? But like what you see, you're seeing that's because you're a seer because you do see Mm -hmm. it's not because I'm anything more, anyone's anything more. It's that that's the truth of what it is. And some of us who are, are holding that anchoring of knowing that, oh yeah, we're a multidimensional beings and we live in a multidimensional universe where we're not, I mean, to, I, this is why I don't, I don't even hold back anymore because to think that humans and earth are the only beings that exist yeah. in this like trillions and trillions and trillions plant of planets and to think that we're super advanced. I mean, not at all, honey. So basically long story short, right? multidimensional experiences, understanding that why am I here on earth? This is why I haven't felt like I've belonged on earth because it does not make sense to be trapped in this three-dimensional density until this year where it was like, oh, my soul chose to be in this so that we can anchor and help help the planet also see this all. So where we are now, right? 2020 and moving into all the years from this, there's going to be more breaking downs, more openings, more awakenings, more understanding that this world is not really what we've been programmed to think it is. And then coming back to what we've inherently always known. And I know for you, right? Like I'm so interested in, as you've had more and more experiences through plant medicine, through all of the different things and like reconnecting to different guides, to the Pleiadians, to all sorts of beings, right? It's like, when it happens, it doesn't not make sense. <sighs> okay. Can you hold on one second? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I love it. I've literally never stopped a podcast this many times. So Dude, funny. they don't they don't want us to record it. I know. They have it. They don't want the information that's coming through to come. This yeah. always happens. Dude, like, that's ah, what I'm feeling. That's what I'm know, feeling. I'm also leaving like- this in the fucking show because <laughs> I swear to God, that's what's happening. <laughs> we stopped. We we started with talking about how many times we've refreshed, and now we're like, whatever it is is coming, and this happens. And I I did a masterclass yesterday, and I was like, I literally had to meditate and call in my guides and all the frequencies over and over again to not mess with technology. And there were still a couple glitches, right? But this is what happens and there's lots of energy. It's like when um, we have conversations on the phone, right? About these things. When we on our call talk about things, there are certain people that freeze up. It's, it's wild. Okay. Wait, before we, you were talking about like pleadings and shit I've learned, but I want to talk about what you were just saying, because I usually microdose mushrooms when I do my solos. I love the way I feel. I feel extremely connected to like source and myself and my knowing. And like, I mean, it's just divine, right? The other day I recorded my first solo, which will come out before this episode in January. And I had to start over three or four times. I wasn't on mushrooms. 
And I felt like there was an energy that was like dipping into me that was not mine. And it was like, nope, 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 over and over again. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I, they used to call me one take tenant when I was on TV because I just like do things and it's done and it's just very easy and it's clear and whatever. And for some weird reason, three days ago, when I recorded this thing, could not get it done. And now that you're the only interview I've done all month and it keeps stopping. And I truly feel like there, it's like the light versus the dark, right? It's like in that episode, I'm like, let's fucking go. Like we're going to the light. We're being the light. We're holding the light. We're not fucking around anymore. Like new energy, it's time. And that's the message that keeps getting cut off. And now I'm talking to you like the lightest human alive. And it's like, no, not doing it. What is that? Boom. <sighs> so I have talked about this and probably said it on our call and like say it to a million clients when we quote unquote ascend or hold higher frequencies of light. Right. I think the traditional notion of it is that we're just expanding upwards in this capacity. No, 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 no. When you're a light worker holding the light, expanding your understanding of reality, you're holding it in all realms. Mm. You're not holding it in a one trajectory. I mean, it's literally the opposite of what we're moving into anyway. And so the higher the highs, like you're also able to hold lower frequencies as well, which is why I think that the truest version of any type of person who's in the healing arts, doing light work, or just sharing, sharing the light in whatever way they they can, it's because they've traversed the darkness themselves. They've gone to those lows, they've gone to those depths. And so what happens is the more and more you want to share that, oh, no, 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 this is light, this is good. It's like there's more things that can potentially come in the field or especially in the kind of the duality that we're in right now. It's like, they don't want you to say that. I want to keep you in the dark. You don't want more people in the light. And, and this is, I also want to say nothing can ever, like I, I'm not under the realm of thought where like thing, dark entities, you have to be super careful of all the dark entities that are latching on to you every way and do 3 million rituals in order to clear your field. No, I, I mean, that's, that's actually exactly the thing we're moving out of. That's old paradigm of saying that spirituality needs to look like this or this or this, or in order to hold light, you need to be a monk and nothing wrong with being a monk, but like abstain from any human pleasure and not talk to anyone and meditate all day long. Like that's exactly why we're moving out of it because no one wants, that's so unrelatable. <laughs> and that's like what's pushing everyone away. So bringing up though, that you aren't able to record or that there keeps being glitches or whatever. Yeah. Oftentimes when we're sharing things that, <laughs> let's just talk about the censorship right now. Mm, God. I mean, he, here's the thing. I don't care what's real, what's not, what's true, what's fake news, what's when things are getting censored, you look into it a little bit more, right? If it's fake news, there's no reason to censor it. There's no reason to censor it. And so similar to what we're talking about, I would just kind of leave it at that. I mean, that's the thing, right? So even in podcasting, if you're not a podcaster, you don't know this. So I'm just going to share this. And I run a media company, so I do this for a living. And we're finding that they're now hiding podcasts. So 
one of our hosts, Christina, the channel, um, or Christina and her show, Christina, the channel, she has people that if they look up her show, they cannot find it. Or if they look up an episode, they cannot find it. And Connor's numbers dropped by half the week after Elizabeth April was on his show. Like nothing changed and Elizabeth April was on and it was like drop. And we are seeing that they will pick up words like Pleiadian or censorship or sex, like across the board, all these words. And they are now pulling shows and hiding shows. So we're not just seeing this on Instagram and Facebook and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is literally everywhere. So a show that says censorship in it can get pulled. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's also so unsurprising. Right. And yeah, it's so unsurprising. And it's going to be interesting because this is, this is so related to where we're at right now. And so related to this turning point in that censorship is going to get a little bit more. And it's a lot a bit more. I mean, there's been stuff coming out about Instagram. It's like, well, it's, it's fear too, because Instagram has been doing this the whole time mm-hmm. of the new restrictions that they said yesterday and the increase of censorship around election times and around all sorts of things. Like it's all fear. And the thing is, the more and more fear is touted, the more and more some will continue to move towards that and be controlled by that or realize, wait, this actually seems a little bit weird. Why? Like, you know, I want to trust in all of the things and all the structures that be and that the information I'm getting is all a hundred percent the truth and only the truth. But when you're missing a huge amount of information or when you in reality see crazy things happening, it makes you wonder a little bit, why? Why is this so off when really we're just having a conversation? Like, why is it that problematic and clearly I'm sure you and Connor talk about this all the time and um there's so much into that but I would say that to anyone listening maybe this will get censored maybe it won't who knows but especially as we're moving in more and more there will be an increase of certain narratives that are very clearly a manipulation of fear and then it's our responsibility on whether we move more into that fear or stay in our sovereignty. Yeah, I think that we have an option right now to choose fear or to continue to go on our path regardless of all these things happening around us. Because mm-hmm. the second people choose fear, which really feels like the majority at this point, um they have you because then they feed off of that. And then they know they can do all these things and shut down and close stores and tell you what to do and feed you specific information and not let you talk about certain things. And then you're in their cog Mm -hmm. and seemingly can't get out. So it's like, do I question this and continue on my path or do I fall victim I mean, that really feels like that as much as it's a choice, you're also falling victim to this experience and they're playing you. So Mm -hmm. are you going to choose to be played or are you going to choose to have, I won't say control, but sovereignty in your experience in order to separate from that perpetual pattern? Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I say over and over again, observe, don't absorb. You can experience it and you can experience how that feels in your body and what that's doing to people outside of yourself, but you don't need to take it on as your own. And even more than that, when you do take it on as your own, it limits your ability to like really be guided by your knowing, even if it's totally different than what everyone's saying, or you feel like fearful of, of sharing your beliefs and in, because you might be pegged as this or that or whatever, when really it's the truth of your core that doesn't, that just is not it at all. Something that I talk about a lot and Laura and I have talked about this. I feel like this year has brought it forward is asking better questions, asking Mm -hmm. better questions of those around you, of the people who are quote unquote in control and of yourself and getting more curious because I think that, and I know I've done this a lot is like, I just go, go along with it. I just go through the motions and don't really question what's happening. Don't really look at the big picture. It's like, I only see what's right in front of me and this is how I'm living and how I'm operating because I was told to never thinking, wait, maybe I should ask why, like, why, why do I do that? Why do you do that? Why is this the way things are? Why is this the way it has to be? The more we're able to ask better questions and get more curious, the more we find what feels like our evolving truth and the truth that we choose to be in our experience in rather than hearing all the noise and chaos that's just constantly being fed to us. Mm-hmm. And the questioning why, and you mentioned that sometimes, sometimes we do. And most, and actually we've been programmed to have the tunnel vision because historically that's been how we survive. And I know, you know, that when you start doing the whys and questioning and asking better questions, sometimes you don't want to see what you find, or sometimes you don't want to realize that this reality or my existence or who I am isn't really what I thought or who I thought that I should aspire to be or what I thought I should aspire to do. Insert any questions of shoulds or of programming that we have that actually at its core isn't what feels aligned. And here's the thing, when you get to that point, that's really scary. It's like, wait, but then who am I and what do I do and how do I navigate this and insert a million more questions, good questions, better questions, but questions that cause you literally to question your existence and question what it is to do. When oftentimes it's a lot easier to just to stay on the straight and narrow, to stay on the path that you decided that you wanted to go on because that's the one that would bring you fulfillment. But then I think what causes many of us to question is having done those things for me, it was having done all the things right. And, you know, having, having a bunch tons of friends and like having a great job and moving to the city and basically having all the things that I quote unquote should have done. And yet feeling so numb to life and so disconnected from my life. And then really, really questioning, Hmm. Okay. Well, I did all, I did all the things. Of course, there's always more to do, but I did the things and I don't want this to be the feeling of forever because I'm pretty much in the understanding that if I was to continue to go after the things or to do the things that I should, right, it wouldn't actually lead me anymore. So that causes the questioning, the asking better questions, which then oftentimes causes fracture points or separations of previous narratives, previous identities and things about ourselves. 
in order for us to shift, which is not always easy. So it's like, I know for you and in saying that, and also in saying the, you know, a lot of times there is tunnel vision. Well, that's, it's not only a coping mechanism, but again, it's like, it's adaptive and it's for survival Mm -hmm. because oftentimes if you were to question all the things at certain periods of our life, we would not be able to handle it. Just want to take a brief pause in this conversation with Katie to tell you about how I am nourishing myself because it is so important for me to share with all of you the little things I do on a daily basis to make my body and my experience operating at the highest possible level. And I do that through a variety of things, uh, but Organifi is one of the staples in my life and a way that I really nourish my body and my cells from the inside out. So for me, it's really about better sleep and relaxing my nervous system. I tend to operate at a really high level, high stress, and kind of freak out sometimes. And so I needed something that wasn't going to give me more anxiety, but was going to give me great energy as well as helping me sleep at night and calm down. And I absolutely love Organifi for that, especially their golds. They have nine superfoods for deep sleep and recovery. It's my every single day go-to. I had been doing it in the morning every day, and now I've been doing it at night because I am off sugar for this month, maybe forever, who knows. Um, And so I wanted something that tasted really good and yummy at night because I have a routine of having snacks after dinner before I go to bed. And so this is my new replacement. I'm really smart and I'm really grateful that Organifi has good shit that tastes good. Uh, It's the best. I blend it with coconut butter or oat milk and make it super frothy and it just tastes delicious and it hits that chocolate spot that I need to hit on a daily basis. (laughs) So that is how I'm nourishing myself with Organifi. If you go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T. Use the code Kelly T for 20% off. They upped that discount code because y'all are rock stars and they were like, we need to give them more money off, honey. So Kelly T for 20% off. Enjoy. I also want to tell you about Surya Spa. Okay, Surya Spa, if y'all know Marta Sofer, she is the Ayurvedic doctor in Los Angeles who saved my goddamn life. She and Dr. Larkos are the king and queen of all things Kelly Tennant. And I literally worship them. This is not a joke. I tell them this to their face too. I'm incredibly awkward about it. They're like, please stop. And I'm like, you don't understand. So Marta, over the last year or so, created this incredible line of products. And thank God, because people couldn't go in and get Panchakarmas. I'm so grateful that I did like three or four weeks of Panchakarma over a year before all of the chaos hit. And now you have access to Marta. You can do consultations with her. You can order so many of the different oils and products they use, the collagen cream, which I am the biggest fan of, especially living in dry climates. They have a balancing face oil. Also the same. It saved my damn skin. Their breads. Can I just tell you something? I think I have an orgasm when I eat their bread. I, I, I don't know. Maybe not, but definitely probably possible. Um, the almond banana walnut bread is fucking life. So all that being said, I highly recommend you go check out Surya Spa. See all the things that they've got going on. It is the highest highest level product brand 
on the market. It has all of the doshas uh, offered. So if you want an oil for a kapha type, if you want it for vata, if you want it for pitta, Connor calls it pitta. I am pitta and so is he. So (laughs) we get the pitta line. (laughs) But you have a wide array and I cannot recommend enough booking a consultation with Marta. She, with such small changes, will drastically rock your damn world and change your body. Um, I love her so much. Oh my God. Okay. I'm done worshiping her. Go to Surya Spa, S-U-R-Y-A spa.com. Use the code, the only code anyone on the planet has, by the way, because it's the only podcast they work with. Thank you very much. Kelly T is the code and you'll get 15% off site wide. Let's get back to the show. As you were talking about that and you were reflecting back on like, I had all the friends, I did all the things. I started thinking about TV Kelly, as I like to call her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I've never thought of it this way, but I, it was like pre-spiritual awakening and post-spiritual awakening. I was, I was someone else before. And most people who listen to my show didn't know me before. So, they, and you didn't know me before. Our, our, mm-hmm. A lot of our girlfriends didn't know me. I think Laura is really one of the only people who used to know me. And I look at her and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like, what? Because I am completely different. Just the way everything, the way I operate, the way I believe, the way I act, the way I respond, what matters to me. And it's just so interesting to think about what happens when you're, when you identify and you recognize like, oh, that was me on the hamster wheel. Like I see her, but it feels outside of yourself. Like that was me really. But I remember being her and looking in the mirror and being like, who are you? I don't even know you. And it was terrifying. And that was right before I left my career and like changed my whole life because I got to a point where I was like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I literally don't even know how I got here. Like, it was like someone just dropped me into this life and I was looking around, like, I don't recognize anything what's going on. And then I left that behind. And of course took all the lessons and amazing things I learned and brought them into who I am now. But it wasn't until I separated that and was able to fully embody who I am that I could recognize myself and be like, oh, just like you said this year, now it all makes sense. Like now I got it. And I don't think I've really gotten to that point until honestly the last few weeks, which is crazy to think because it's like you always think you are there and then you're not and then you're there and then you're not. And it just keeps building. You're like, okay, when is this going to (laughs) end? Like, have I fully met myself? But I just had this picture as you were talking of like pre-awakening and post and how I can't even like feel into what it used to be like anymore because it just feels so outside of me. But you don't know that when you're in it. Mm -hmm. Ego death. Yes. Ego death. And also how challenging and like bless younger past life Kelly who was doing that. It's like societally speaking, like you made it. Mm hmm. So nothing should be wrong. You're, you're doing, living the dream. Right. When really it's like, wait a second, this is not what I expected. And I love that you said the, the past couple of weeks and whatever, and, you know, maybe I'll have a different belief in this years down the line, but I don't think we ever fully know all or get there. And I think that anyone who claims to be 
a bearer of all knowledge or, you know, we talk about the, the fall of the guru, which is kind of very Aquarian, very Aquarian age themes in that the knowledge is not a thing that's in the hands of a few. Knowledge is something that we all have and we all have separate routes to truth and to knowing. And the more we know, the less we know, because we're in this 3D form, this 3D density, which doesn't have the capacity to know all there is. We like, we, we would combust. No one does. And I don't think we really, really get there until our souls decide to transition into the soul realm or whatever you may believe and, and move into the new, but it's so fascinating that you talked about the past couple of weeks and being like, Oh, huh. Now I understand in this now moment why I'm here and those past versions. And I know for me, it's like not the same person as I was a week ago. Mm -hmm. I think three years ago, I'm like, I would not recognize. And I think that's the more and more we can like let go of past identities or those versions of ourselves as we continue to evolve the less painful it is because we're not as attached and we allow ourselves to transform. And yes. And something I bring up Laura a lot, but she's taught me a lot, obviously something that she said to me when I was really struggling a couple of years ago, she was like, I feel like you are in a fight with your older self. She said, I feel like you are trying to kill the old you. She said, Mm. what if you, she's like, imagine this. What I see is that you're climbing up a mountain, dragging your old self by her hair saying, let's fucking go. Like you fucking bitch. I fucking hate you. Like, she's like, that's how you're treating yourself. She's like, what if you grabbed her by the hand and you're like, girl, thank you for everything. You're amazing. Let's do the damn thing now together. And like you frolicked up the mountain holding hands. She's like, imagine how much easier that would be. It's not about like, I hate this version of me and that is the death and it must end. It's like, I'm going to take all of that wisdom and knowing and experience with me and then evolve into this new blossoming butterfly that I have become. It's such a different experience. It is. And it's like, we don't shame because none of us are perfect or what, like we have, we just are continuing to evolve. And I think that that is the work. I don't like talking about the work because I also think the notion of the work needs to end. I call it the practice now. The practice. I love that. I'm going to shift it to that. But in reparenting and like merging all aspects of self, both previous timelines, previous versions of ourselves that are in this reality and in other realities. And really like a lot of the practices that I've been doing is anchoring and like pulling those aspects back in and communing with them because so much of our stuff comes from our early years, from some childhood, comes from when we're teenagers, comes from all the versions and all the variations of ourselves that we don't want to be and we don't want to have, but really in just allowing them to be seen and held and knowing that, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to leave you, even though I'm not you anymore, but you're still part of me and you're a part of me that brought me here. I, I love that vision and that um, picture of you just like holding the hand and bringing younger Kelly up and being like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You're coming along. I'm not even because I'm transforming so quickly and I know you're scared that I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm just moving into the next and you're the one that helped me get here. Yes. So beautiful. Um, 
So Connor and I have this conversation behind closed doors, and this is not something I've ever asked anyone. And I think it's because I've been waiting for you. So I, the other day I was microdosing and I started seeing everything shifting in my house Mm -hmm. and they just kept saying like, this isn't real. Stop worrying about it. Um, and it was regarding something that I'm going through in my personal life. And it was just kind of like, release it, like, let it go. Um, the things that you think matter don't, and this isn't yours. And everything was just moving. And so I was like, okay, mushrooms have never really said that to me before. It was like very clear of like, this isn't the reality you think it is. Mm-hmm. And then today I am not on anything. And I messaged this into, into our telegram group message. Cause I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. I felt my soul moving in my body, almost like repositioning itself. And it was like, my whole body was vibrating and it was like, do I fit here? No. Okay. I need to go here. Okay. Find this crevice and like fill that up. And it was just this full cellular repositioning is what it felt like. All that to say, I would like to ask you, Katie, is this real? And what is real? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I didn't, I think I saw that you wrote in the telegram, but I was like, I haven't been to talk to her. I'll see it. Yeah. Read it after. So it's funny that that's what it was about. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, in fact it is. And I don't even know if we're going to get to it today, your human design chart, but something I noticed when I pulled it up, um, there's this gate, which is, we're not going to get into the details yet of what that means, but a gate is basically like a piece of your DNA that you came into the world activated with. And it's called gate three. Gate three is the most important gate in my chart and you have it as well. And gate three is the reason that I came here according to my chart. And also um, the reason I do human design, which again, I don't even know we're going to get into today. Oh, we will. We'll do that next. We will. But uh, human design, I use it as my tool of, understanding because I've never really, I think rationally understood what it is to be in a body. Like embodiment is my whole thing because that is the thing I need to learn for myself, Mm. how to be in a human body. And human design gives me this tool of seeing exactly how the energy flows through not only my body, but through others. And it's like crystal clear, downloaded in whatever. And so gate three has to do with Quite literally, like when you read it, it's like alien language because part of when you came to earth with gate three or gate 60, or obviously this can show up in other things, but really, really, we're talking about the gate three right now. You hold the genetic codes of the new earth. And the most important thing for you is to wait for the timing of the mutation to activate yourselves, to activate others. And so this is, there's like flashing lights around me right now too. Um, it's when you said what you said in the beginning to me, it's like, wow, you really like one, thank you for with all of my heart, right. For seeing me. But that's the reason I came to activate my DNA, my dormant DNA to activate others. And I, and I had this vision, one of my clients um, who was in New York, who's like an incredible light worker and does such amazing work. I was in New York in March, right before COVID hit like the couple weeks before COVID hit. 
And I met with her and we, the night before we both had this same dream. And I was telling her about this dream. We got dinner of, it was like, I was a star birth star thing. Like it, it was, an, it was very, and like energy morphing and like give like my arms would like wrap in and out and throw out this web in these coils that would wrap someone up infuse them whatever with whatever my codes were and then shoot them out and then they would expand into this star with their tendrils and I see this with the group that we're in in that we are all infusing the people that we meet with our codes Mm. right activating them in the ways they can as I always say about me like you don't need to resonate with me I'm not here for everyone but the people that do meet me and the people that are are meant to be in my midst like I give you the codes that I have because I've activated my DNA so I can activate yours. And then yours is activated and you create this massive grid on the planet where then you activate people and it just, this web just continues to grow. And it's like all of these anchor points. And she had the exact same vision the day before, which was wild. And, and I bring that up too, because um, in March of this year, there's been things with the seeing. So you talked about this experience you just had. Um, and it's always been the seeing for me, but, and I've pushed it away at certain times. So it was too much and people have different ways of receiving information. Some people see things some people know things Some people mind knowing and seeing, but some people hear things. I'm not an audience person. I, I don't like hear my guides. I see them and I, um, know them or the knowledge that's coming in. But I bring this up again because in March I kept saying, Oh, my vision is so bad. I can't see anything. I can't see anything. And she was saying, Mine's weird too. And I had things where like my contacts would eject, my vision would go totally blurry and it was seeing in a new way of seeing. And it's happened. It happened a couple of weeks ago. It's been happening the past couple of days. And oftentimes when that happens or when you're experiencing things, right? Like, is this real? Is this not? A lot of it's telling you one not to worry about it, but in, in those experiences um, of note not only seeing everything around you shifting but then experiencing it in your body as well right and experiencing different versions of you moving around which can be really kind of off-putting and unsettling it's like should I go to a doctor Uh, (laughs) I'm with a doctor now I'm with the human design doctor (laughs) it's it's so real and I always say like anytime I do any health related things I'm like <laughs> to preface, I am not a doctor. Yeah. If you have a seriously concern, like get medical advice. But this is what I see. And um, the final point I want to say, because it's so fascinating, you're bringing this up today, is I have a really, really close friend of mine who um, has been really, really called to working with ayahuasca over the past year and a half. And she she's actually like been guided to work with it and facilitate and mm. like go really, really work with the medicine. And the last uh, ceremony she had a few weeks ago had an experience of everything moving, everything moving, everything shifting, and almost so much of an opening that she felt like she wasn't going to come back and that she had gone crazy and that all of the things and was only reaffirmed over and over again, no, 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 no you're safe. Like this is a massive shift even more, but you are not crazy. And it's just that your reality is being like little codes are being activated in your body. Your DNA is shifting 
you're activating your DNA so that you can see more. And so you, you mentioned this thing that's been happening for you. Right. And did, did you say you were on, you were microdosing or were not was last week? Happening? I was, but today I'm not, Today you were not yet. No. yet. Of course, of course you're not today. Cause no. it's happening without us needing any, usually like plant medicine helps us helps our ego not get involved mm-hmm. when we're open to more consciousness, but really we don't need anything to it. It just, if this happens in daily day life, then we could really trip out and be like, I'm going crazy because I'm not even on plant medicine, but mm-hmm. you're at the stage where your soul knows and your body's catching up. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And your body's literally being like, okay, I'm, we've, you're ready. Spontaneous. Let's, let's put this all in mm-hmm. um, and reorganize our, our being. And I, <laughs> that's a long winded way of saying, uh, it's totally normal <laughs> and it's, it's, and it happens. And the, um, the, whatever you want to call them, right. You can say higher self guides, they can be beings. It really, it's just, it comes to you in the way that you best hold it, but them saying, no, it's okay. It's not real. It is real, but it's also not real. And it doesn't matter that much. I think our, um, rational egoic human minds sometimes have trouble with that. But the more and more you just like allow, allow, allow the process, which is way easier said than done. The more and more you're shown that, oh, this, they were kind of just, this was having the work done on me without me resisting or without me like needing to make it anything and look what comes of it after. Mm -hmm. So if that take what hits, leave the rest. (laughs) No, I think that's amazing. And you know why is because, um, Sorry for being vague, everybody, but just not something I'm going to be sharing. Um, but something really bad happened in my life a couple of weeks ago. And I like, I almost blacked out. I wanted to throw up. It was so horrific. And I was just like, okay, got through my mom dying, got through Remy dying. Those were really pa- painful and it took a long time. And I still, you know, obviously get sad about those things. But this, I was like, oh no, like I'm fucked. That's how I felt. I was like, I'm so fucked. I'm never going to get out of this. And of course, when bad things happen, like that's usually where we go. But the interesting thing was that one, I asked for help immediately, which was incredibly powerful. And I like reached out to people I could trust. And so that really helped shift my frame of mind. But I think what came of that and sitting with mushrooms and microdosing was that I looked at what was happening and the reality of the situation. And I was able to almost zoom out and look at it from above and watch it like a game, which sounds really Mm -hmm. fucked up, but it, it was like, Oh, this is just a thing that's happening in order for humans to have an experience that souls have an experience to learn something in this life. And I have nothing to do with that other than to learn what I need to learn from quote unquote, being a part of it. And how do I create boundaries, let it go, not take it on as my own and watch as someone else gets to go through their experience. When I got to that point, Like the amount of relief I felt was insane. And old me would have been like, oh my God, I have to fix and save and rescue and I have to make this better. And this is terrible and I'm never going to get out of it. And I would just spiral into someone else's shit. And it was when I had that realization that like, this is kind of not all real (laughs) and 
I don't, on a soul level, this is really important for whatever reason, this is really important and to let it be. Mm. That was so transformative for me. And I mean, without obviously going into any details about anything, like talk about a light worker and choosing to look into the darkness, especially for you this year. I mean, we just honor you. I mean, Kelly, like behind closed doors, Kelly is the catalyst for creating the safety for other people to be safe, to be vulnerable as well. And to actually like allowing yourself to not only receive support, but showing others that it's okay to, too. And I don't think you always know that you're doing that. And I mentioned it to you a couple of times, but your bravery, not only this year, but like continuing to show up despite any and all things that happen is I have full body chills. It's wild because your soul, we, we started this off with talking about today, but your soul has decided to live probably the experiences that people have through 10 lifetimes in a year. And yet you continue to show up. So I just, I hope that I know that you can be hard on yourself or it can be hard to like reach out or, or receive and, and especially just through historic experience. But um, I think it it's only a testament to us doing this now in that if we, were to have spoken in April and May and June, it would be an entirely different conversation because you've not only chosen, but like allowed yourself to go through whatever process you need to with as much grace as you could have in the moment. And then also allow yourself to be support and continue to. So bravo to you. Like you're, you're truly just, you're, you're holding what it means in the fullest form of where we're moving into of that. We don't need to do this alone of that. We can have support of that. We don't need to explain ourselves or what we need, but knowing that people really do care and really do love us and like really, really want to connect in a deeper way than ever before. So thank you for doing that, for doing that for me and for doing that. For I know anyone who listens to it, whether they uh, know it or not, like they listen because you do that and you activate something in them that, makes it safe to explore difficult conversations or topics that are, you know, have stigma around them or whatever. And I've just like, I've seen the most beautiful continued transformation and stepping in of you over and over and over again, which only shows up even more as to why like so many different crazy experiences that sometimes make us think, okay, it's another thing, another thing coming in or now I'm having experiences where I don't know if this reality is what I thought it was. And I don't know if I can handle this, but you have, you have, you have, and you continue to, and you do it in part because of your human design, because you are the catalyst and you are kind of the, the maverick and the holder of what catapults everyone else into being able to do the same. And I, I want to just honor that for a second for you because it takes an incredibly brave soul and it takes someone who um, is not only strong because I want to get away from the notion of like needing to be super strong, but strong in the way that we're moving into of strength and allowing um, connection and knowing that we don't need to do it all alone. Thank you. I don't know why I thought I would get through a podcast with you without crying. Oh, You know, what's so interesting. I've had like, so obviously we've all had so many, but so many like revelations this year. And 
I used to only be friends with people if I could help them. So I would never be friends with people that were like smarter or more experienced or whatever, unless they were like in that mom or dad role where I could like just put them there. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's your thing. But otherwise I couldn't be friends with people unless I was the one being of service, unless I was helping them. And that's something I really wanted to change because I realized that that was just feeding my people pleasing and my codependence and not understanding my own value and worth. And so I think one of the hardest things for me sometimes in our little circle, and I've never like said this out loud, but is I'll have moments where I'm like, oh my, like, why did they allow me in here? Mm. You know, because sorry. I'm like, the old me will say like, you don't deserve to be here. You're not, you don't know as much as Katie or you're not as wise as Tiffany or you haven't had the experiences that Priya has had. And I feel like I'm in constant learning in our calls, which like brings me so much joy. And I, I seriously think the world of every single woman who's in our little crew, I'm so fucking enamored every day. Um, And it's been such a beautiful learning experience for me because it's taught me my worth and my value in a new way. And just the way you said everything you just said, it like having that reflected back. And that's something, you know, I just created my community, the Onyx, and it's all about seeing each other and seeing ourselves through one another. And that's what I feel like. And that's why I created it is because I got to experience that this year with all of you, Mm. I saw myself in a new way as all of you were my mirrors and continue to be. And it was access to different aspects of myself and my learning. And it allowed me to be more vulnerable, which really is what I offer. And I realized that now. And I thought that that's not good enough. Like you have to like teach them about something, you know? And it's like, no, but like, you don't have to you know, and then you take all this wisdom and amazingness from all these women and then put it in a fucking bottle and then give it to other people who need it too. And I feel like I'm rambling and that makes no sense, but that's just like, I feel like I've learned such profound lessons in that and in, in having that reflected back to me in what is possible. Oh, I mean, I could cry. Like (laughs) it's, and I think you you always give voice to things that other people are potentially thinking, but don't have words to, right? And one, you are the thing, right? And that's what we're moving into even more. Like we are the thing, but the fact that you say that, and I know most of you probably don't know much about even what we're talking about. We have the sister circle. We meet every Tuesday night. It's been probably the most incredible, most transformative experience that's happened to me this year. And a profound knowing of like, I've made it. Like these are my people. And it's so wild because everyone in that group, I think, can relate to what you're saying and being being people that hold and support others, but not, I mean, I know for me, definitely, but not always allowing us to be supported. And I think one, and you being a catalyst in so many ways of allowing yourself to be supported and creating the safety for knowing that everyone everyone has their turn and who needs support. And that can be scary one for when you're used to being the one that 
that is the one that can just hold everyone. And this being like, no, 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 it doesn't make you have more value or less value. It actually is exactly the point of this. And then I want to say one more, mention one more thing just from what you say, because one, it breaks my heart, but I also think everyone in the group has been like, what's my place, whatever. And the reality is there's no roles, no place, no agenda in this call. Whatever is talked about is always needed. But I was talking to um, one of the sisters on the call, Carolina, uh, the other day, and we are going to do a ceremony that we had done before earlier in the year. And we were talking and, and I was like, oh, are we doing it today? And she's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Whatever. Like, and I was like, yeah, just cancel it. We'll do it another time. We'll do it another day. And she's like, it's really important. I just, it's really important that Kelly is there. Really important. Cause you had said you couldn't come. She's like, it's really. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're doing it another day. And so like, there are all these conversations too, between other people or things of just everyone is the group would not be the group if everyone was not there. And that's super like very much felt when certain people are not there and their energy is called in. But, um, I just, it's so, 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 so profound everything that you said. And I think this is, it also shows us and it shows the future of like what relating can be and the depth of what relating can be. And I think too, I mean, obviously I, I went through really hard things this year along with everyone. And it was such an opportunity for me to learn how to receive. And I couldn't show up for people the way I wanted to, or the way I know I'm capable of, because I didn't have it. Like I had nothing left. Like everything I had was dealing with trauma or taking care of my little family, you know? And it was like, I literally have nothing left to give. So I'm just going to like be here. And I never felt like you being here that you guys to me, like that me being present wasn't enough. Like if I didn't say something, it wasn't like, wow, why are you doing this? Or you, why don't you show up to this? Or there was no guilt. There was no judgment. And that was, again, what a, what an incredible lesson amongst women when we I'm sure have all experienced bullying and judgment and just shitty behavior as young girls. Cause that's just mm. what happens. And to be able to just be myself and be like, here's the deal. Like I'm struggling and I have nothing for you, but I'm going to just be here or maybe I'm not. And I'm just bailing cause I can't. And no one ever said a thing other than being so supportive. And I love you. And I'm here. I mean, how many times have you messaged me voice notes, like text DMS, like I'm here. Don't feel like you need to respond. The don't feel like you need to respond is pretty much the nicest thing someone could ever say to someone who is struggling. And I got that so much this year from so many different people. And I was like, damn, this is incredible. Like way to take pressure off of somebody who's going through something and not make it even harder for them. And it shifted my whole belief around the expectations we have in relationship and, oh, I do this for you. So you do this for me. It's like, oh, I send you a present. So you have to send me one back. And like this convoluted, weird pressure that we create in, in, uh, relational dynamics, whether they're platonic or romantic, I'm like, mm -hmm. let's just do away with that. Like, who cares? Like even for Christmas, I got Connor like three presents and I didn't get him three presents because I was like, you must get me three presents now. I got him these presents because I really wanted to get him these things. And it like feels good to me to like get him things I know he'll love. And if I didn't get something, I wasn't going to lose my shit. Old me would have been like, 
I need three presents wrapped <laughs> perfectly. And if there's not a bow on there, you're done. You know? And it's like, who cares? Who cares? Because it's not conditional. No. The relationships aren't conditional. And that's the thing. And then it makes you realize other aspects of your life where things have been conditional or where love has been conditional or where intimacy has been conditional and, and you realize, Oh wait, I'm not going back there. Cause that's not, I'm not there anymore. And also I see what happens when we let go of that. And when we move into what's possible, which if anything, again, it's like you and everyone else in that group has just shown me how crazy, magical, wild connected it is. And spoke in the beginning about traveling to all the different places. It was always to meet someone who's in the group who I have never mm-hmm. met any of the people. I know we've life. never met in person. I know, isn't is crazy? So well, and, and we were going to, I was going to go meet Kelly, but it wasn't divine timing was off. I think you were sick. Mm-hmm. Laura's flight got can't, whatever. It's like, we'll do it in a month or whatever. Um, but it was, it was crazy in staying with different people, meeting with different people in different places that I had never met. I didn't know anyone in this group before. I also want to say like literally no one. And it's like the soul just knows it's so comfortable. It's so like easy in picking up exactly where we left off. Like you don't even need to know to know that you've known forever and continue to talk about that with everyone. And it's like, wow, this is quantum relating. So good. Before I let you go, I have to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts on the entire planet, That Sex Chick. I am obsessed with the host, Alexa. She is a sex educator, a relationship coach. She teaches people how to have wildly better sex, period. I'm obsessed with her. I love her and her partner. I actually got to spend New Year's Eve with them, which was so fun. They truly not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk. They show the fuck up. And They are just the epitome of play. And Alexa has the best conversations with people, whether they're in relationships or single, and just brings more awareness, self-awareness, understanding to what pleasure can actually be like. The show is next level. And by the way, it's one of the fastest growing podcasts out there. She's fucking crushing it. So make sure you head over to That Sex Chick, subscribe, leave a review. Do all the things with Alexa because she's sexy and hot and brilliant and on fucking fire. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing. I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.